We all know that parenting is hard. So how do parents with disabilities do it? With creativity and because we know of the value of interdependence. Come hear about ways experts say we can best empower these families and let's all learn about how parenting can be done differently. I'm your host, Marjorie Onos. And today, my guest is Danny Izzy. Danny is a quadriplegic woman who gave birth to twin girls in April 2020. She documented her journey through pregnancy in a beautiful documentary film and has produced several resources for women with a spinal cord injury who are hoping to become pregnant one day. We started our conversation with Danny introducing us to her family. Enjoy, and don't forget, for more information about where to find the full recording and additional resources, check out the show notes. My name is Daniela Isay. I go by Danny. I am married to my husband, Rudy, um, and we have two beautiful twin toddlers. They're turning three in April. They were actually born April 2020, so kind of smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. Um, actually, the, at the very beginning, right? So that was that was kind of a wild experience. And um, I also happen to be quadriplegic. Um, actually, you know, I think today is the kind of anniversary of my accident, um, or I like to call it a rebirth. And um, I think I'm on 14 years. Um, so it's been quite a journey. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's only a few uh, other quadriplegic women that have multiples, twins specifically, that I've found. Um, it's not that it's not possible. It's just, it just happens to be rare for there's several layers of it to, you know, why it's kind of rare. Um, so yeah, well, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Now I'm, I feel privileged because I saw a beautiful documentary that you did. And of course, that is one of the resources in a way that you created when you realize that becoming pregnant and becoming pregnant as a quadriplegic woman with twins was so rare, you decided to sort of document your, your journey. Do you want to tell us what led you to the documentary and what other resources you created along the way? Yes, that's right. I, I almost forgot to mention the documentary, yes. which I have been absorbed in for the past, you know, since the girls were born and even before they were born. Um, so I, I think I could start back 14 years ago when I was in the rehab hospital in acute rehab in bed watching television. And I was watching a movie called Million Dollar Baby. And I was, I think, four weeks fresh out of sustaining traumatic spinal cord injury that had left me paralyzed um, from my shoulders down pretty much. And um, 
I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what happens in this movie. It was directed by Clint Eastwood. Um, the protagonist was a, a an athlete, a boxer, and she just she sustains a spinal cord injury, and she specifically becomes a quadriplegic. And I remember distinctly watching this scene from my hospital bed, watching this character in her hospital bed talking to another character in the moving movie saying that she didn't want to live she didn't want to live but she had never gotten out of that hospital bed into a wheelchair she didn't even try and i was so angry because i said here i am busting my butt so to speak trying to to deal with this devastating injury like dealing with the reality of it this is not a movie this is my reality i'm getting up dizzy every morning going through an existential crisis and a crisis of identity every day getting in the wheelchair doing a thing trying to learn and here's this woman who is in this completely unrealistic situation she hasn't even had a minute of rehab and she wants to die because the people who wrote that script decided that that would be the narrative and I don't think that um whoever was involved with this movie didn't have a a very authentic view of what it means to have a disability to sustain a disability to be part of the disability community to understand disability from a point of view of it being more than just an injury in a medical situation, but also a lifestyle, a culture, an identity, right? Um, so that's where this all starts, I think, because 14 years later, or well, actually, I got, I guess I got pregnant a couple of years ago, so less than that. I'm not very good at math. Um, I get pregnant and I was so happy. And then I found out a couple weeks in that it was not one, but two. And I was like, oh my gosh, how am I gonna how am I gonna do this? There is no representation on screen in the media. There's no representation in pop culture. So I'm just going into this completely in the dark. And um I did have access to some support groups, um, but again, um, there aren't very many quadriplegic women who have multiples, so it was still very difficult to find information even within the spinal cord injury community. And so when the first opportunity came around for me to be involved in some media around my story, um, I was interested because I said in my head, this is something that I would want for myself. And I know that this is something that my community would benefit from and would want to see. So I can create a resource here. And I think in part, I was driven by 
<laughs> the negative experience I had watching Million Dollar Baby. I was like, I, I need to create something, something real. Let's let's tell a real story and let's make it not just a story of sustaining an injury and then seeing that worth life isn't worth living. Let's do the story of someone who's adapted to their disability after several years wants to have a family and this is a positive disability led story um okay so two opportunities came up for me to be involved in uh film okay so the first one was with um a uh reality tv show Oh wow! So a casting, yeah. I I don't think I ever told you this, no. Marjorie, but a, cast, a casting director found me in a group for twin moms on Facebook, just a generic group for expecting twin moms, and I had introduced myself to the support group and said, "Hey, I'm Danny. I happen to be quadriplegic, pregnant with twins. Give me all the advice." Um. And so there's casting director in there had been looking for pregnancy stories. So she was in there to see who everybody was. And she saw my introduction. She sent me a message and said, I'm involved in this reality TV show called, I better not name it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to. Um, so she was involved in this re reality TV show. And she asked me if I would be interested in talking to her given my motivation to create re representation I said yes let's talk and um we had a conversation um it was a it was being organized by a pretty well-known producer in Hollywood um they were going to pay me a nice sum of money to be involved um which was cool you know yeah. and um then I saw the contract <laughs> and it was terrifying. It was basically saying that um, there was um, the exclusivity clause was the part that really freaked me out particularly because it said that they could do whatever they wanted with my story forever. And they own, they would basically have ownership over my story. And I was like, okay, I don't know if this is a good idea anymore because it may be reality TV, but they can spin it any way they want to. And how can I trust that they're going to know how to tell a disability story the right way? I don't, I didn't trust. I didn't trust that they could because the record is pretty bad in media. In terms of telling, um, in terms of telling authentic disability-led stories, um, so I said no. Okay. Okay. Then uh, a couple weeks later, I'm in my second trimester of my pregnancy, and my friend Brad contacts me. He said, "I saw your pregnancy announcement on Instagram," and. I want to talk to you about doing a documentary. Brad is a social impact documentary filmmaker and editor. 
and I've known him for 10 years. So I've been following his work and staying in touch with him. And there was immediately trust. And um, I said, okay, let's talk. And he introduced me to his partner and his small team. And um, we talked about the angle of approach and we talked about representation and we created an agreement that actually involved me in the creative process for creating this film and involved me on the level of a consultant, a disability consultant. So this film, this documentary film was crafted taking my voice into consideration um, and having that sort of drive the narrative. So and that's, that's how Danny's Twins was created right how it started that's how it started and like I said I mean I saw the 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 documentary and what I loved and I guess it is what you just said you know throughout it is your your voice that we hear you are narrating sort of what is happening I wasn't pregnant while being paraplegic I had given birth to Thomas before my accident but apart from that Every element that you mentioned um, in in the documentary, I was like, oh yeah, I, I went through that. Oh yes, I asked myself that same question. And yes, lack of representation. And that was, you know, difficult and looking for resources and not finding them. And so I I really did feel like it was like almost you were telling my story or the story of. Mm -hmm. every other woman who has gone through an accident and end up in in rehab and reinvents or like just modifies her journey um because of the life circumstances but lives a good life and lives a happy life that is one of the things that really drew me into to this film into your story and to who you are actually because it's um it's a reflection i think of how beautiful you are as a person and how generous you are to have sort of said, you know, I'm like two third pregnant, um, but I'm gonna accept film crews in uh, in my life to document this for for other women so that uh, they can feel supported and they could feel like they're not alone in a way. And that's pretty beautiful. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And uh, kudos to your husband who sort of said, yeah, let's do this. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I will admit the decision, we did not take the decision lightly. Yes. You know, like you said, it's it's a very intimate time in our lives. It's very personal. And um, when we agreed to it, it was actually before the pandemic started. Yes. So we actually didn't know what we were about to face. Um, so it, it did get even more um even more difficult and challenging yeah um but yeah we're really proud of what we've done and we're we just we're so happy that we have something that we can give um give back to others and the the film has been shown in like multiple 
I don't know how many, do you know how many uh, festival it has been shown now? I want to say, I mean, maybe 20, 20 festivals or so. Yeah, it was, it's, it's been so well received. In fact, like at most, at a lot of the festivals where we won awards, our most typical award was usually um, audience award. Yes. Which means, you know, it, that it was really well received among people who are viewing it. And what I found was that the story appealed to a much wider audience than I originally thought that it would appeal to. And it resonated beyond the disability community. It really resonated with women and mothers um, of all kinds, you know, all diverse lifestyles and backgrounds and it resonated with fathers who even you know even or men who, who didn't have spouses with disabilities they just um kind of saw this relationship and and saw the whole situation through new eyes you know yeah that's just yeah. awesome now, of course, you spend a lot of time and, and there was a whole team around the documentary. But what I found is that you didn't stop at the documentary. You also like documented your your journey in other ways that in a way also sort of serve as other resources that are available, you know, to be used in different ways by by moms, future moms. Uh, by women who have a disability. So namely, I'm talking about the blog that you that you have and, and you have representation also on YouTube. And also you got your doctor involved in one, which I thought was quite amazing on your part, but also on his, his part. So I don't know if you want to sort of say a word on all of those um, different Yeah, yeah, so I... I'd almost say, you know, all the kind of extra advocacy I've been doing, aside from the film itself, has been all part of sort of the impact camp campaign of the film, or even just in general, uh, kind of an impact campaign to shed light on what it means to be a parent with a disability or a family touched by disability, right? And in terms of my doctor's involvement, I had a high-risk OBGYN who handled my pregnancy. And honestly, I couldn't have asked for a better doctor. And I know that that is not the norm. Yes. So I know that I was very fortunate and very privileged. And I know that there's so many more stories to tell about um, disabled pregnancies and parents. Um, who may not have had all the privileges that I did. Um, but I think this this story is really valuable because it shows it shows people how it should be. <laughs> right? Like it it creates a um, an expectation of, oh, so this is the kind of care that I should be expecting. And it's a really high level, care where um, the disability is respected. Um, my doctor, I knew he was different the moment he told me that you're, he said, your disability prepares you for
for this journey. Wow. And, and he was referring to the twin pregnancy and yeah. the, the twin mom journey, which is a challenging one. Um, and the moment he said that, I was like, this guy gets it. He gets it. He sees disability as a strength, not just a medical conundrum. He was just wonderful because he wanted to be involved in the film. He was involved in the film. We interviewed him a bunch and he made himself available. And then he made himself available for multiple opportunities to do some impact projects, um, webinars, and other speaking engagements around, specifically around um, spinal cord injury and pregnancy. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like it was just really lucky that all these things kind of came together like that. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting for me because through, through this year, you know, like through the podcast, um, there's many different researchers and professionals that I've interviewed. Um, some of them I've known for years because I've been in the field of parenting with a disability for 25 years, but my, mm -hmm. my expertise in a way was, you know, working with moms who have an intellectual disability. So not a physical one. And when I mm -hmm. became paraplegic 11 years ago, um, that's when I started getting sort of, oh, well, parenting with a disability when it's intellectual, physical, are there things that are similar and so forth? The realization a little bit you alluded to was that the discrimination and the stigma and the prejudice and the the attitudes that are that are negative towards parenting and parenthood uh, by persons with disabilities was pretty much across all disabilities. And the year wow. I had my accident, the rocking the cradle report happened. And I know that you, you know of it and that showcased sort of that discrimination and showcased uh, the disparities also that many parents with disabilities face. And so I, I like the conversation and I like what you, you did and, and all the resources you created because it, it, one, it puts a, um, a face it's it's a story and we relate to stories as human beings and just like you said it's the story of what should be expected for for everybody you know in terms of disabled parenting rights um you know having a film kind of personalizes the topic right what can be a topic that can be um, very difficult to understand if you've never encountered disability before, for example, on this level, uh, on a personal level. You know, when you're encountering sort of um, statistics and policies and bureaucracy, and you're viewing the issue through those uh, lenses, it can really be hard to really empathize, I think. And so a film allows people to access the emotional intelligence, which I think is so powerful. And I think it's essential to getting people to understand 
um, the issues on a deeper level and um, getting people to um, become committed allies, right? Like, is this worth my time? Well, when they see something like this, a story like this, they realize that this is also about them because disability is universal. Yes. Disability can happen to anybody. So I, I think people kind of make that connection when they see the story, they see another person, they get to know the character, which is me in the documentary, and they start to relate. And they start to think, well, wow, like, if, you know, I can kind of imagine what it would be like to, to be in her shoes and to feel the same feelings she has. And so, so yeah, I think, I think it's a really important way to sort of illustrate the issues that we face. Yeah. A good percentage of the audience, the listener of this podcast work in child welfare and child protection, where we do know that there's an over-representation of parents with disabilities. What would be the one thing or one thing that you would like to tell them about parenting with a disability? You know, I think sort of normalizing the concept is really important and um, remembering that it is a human right um, to, to become a mother, father, to have children. And I think the other thing that I would like people to know is that ableism runs deep. Yes. It runs deep. There can be people, your best friends or your closest loved ones or people who have are quote unquote disability experts and they're still affected by ableist mentalities, subtle, subtle ones. So I would just always try to stay aware and stay on top of that. And, and even people with disabilities themselves, a lot of us have internalized ableism. So I would just be wary of that yes. and open to dismantling it at all times. I actually wrote um, a piece that was published this, uh, this year on my reflection on my own internalized discourse after uh, my accident. And um, I was surprised to realize, like I'm talking eight years into my uh, paraplegia, that all the struggles I was having in being a mom on wheels was all because of those internalized ableist. Once I actually, you know, found the community on social media, and I saw other moms like you, like, you know, there's many other moms that I've met, you know, a lot of them were represented in, in the events that you participated in, in Amplifying Voices. Well, when I found all of you on social media and I realized I'm normal, I'm just like them and they're just like me and uh, there are some struggles, but there's a lot of lot of happy times and fun and you know seeing our children grow up is just like beautiful that I noticed that you know the struggles was not the paraplegia was not the me being on mom on wheels or me not walking it was really sort of what I thought behind the concept and like 
like I mentioned, you know, for me, it was eye-opening to realize that because I had been in the field like for 20 years and I was like, no, no, I'm an ally. I'm an advocate. So it runs deep, like you mentioned. It's being able to, to listen to the other person and mm-hmm. see them, um, see their, their perspective. And I think that uh, can go a long way when we do that. If there was like one thing you would love to see in the future or future projects, maybe any idea of how we could, you know, talk about parenting more or I don't know, like what would be your dream for the future? I mean, well, I think since I've gotten so involved in this film stuff and it's all very exciting, um, I just keep thinking about all the other stories that are out there besides mine, right? I would love to see uh, a series that was just about parents with disabilities. And every episode would focus on one family. So I would love to see that because then, you know, it's not just one story, but there's suddenly a library of stories. And, And with a series like that, that kind of allows people to really understand how prevalent disability is in the first place. Like it's not is not a a weird, rare, normal thing. Like it's, you know, in the States, it's one in four people have a disability. So um, it's out there. We just don't see it. Um, And then to show the incredible sort of kaleidoscope of differences that exist in this community, right? And all the intersections um, that interplay with disability. Well, you and I have a similar dream because <laughs> I would love that too. So I'm going to ask you one last question. Is there one thing that your girls do with you where you go like disability is, is a normal thing and it's just a, something funny that they might do with you? So just like a, a little anecdote of how your girls are just, you know, adapted to, to their environment that is normal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, for them, it doesn't even phase them. It's it's no. not even a thing. It's just part of their every day. You know, mommy uses a wheelchair. Um, but I think, I think it was funny when they're just a little bit younger and still learning words for things. They pretty much called everything with wheels, a wheelchair. So the car was a wheelchair. The grocery carts at the store were wheelchairs. Um, just anything was with wheels was a oh, wheelchair wheelchair and they'd get so excited every yes. time um so I thought that was really really cute and and fun yeah and, and I I love that I love the fact that they have like a positive association with a wheelchair like they they see it as a tool and kind of a fun tool because they get to ride around on my lap yes. So I really, uh, I love that. Well, they're, they're turning out to be very empathetic, compassionate little girls. And I, I hope that they'll be uh, open-minded, you know, in the future. I'm sure they, I, they already demonstrate it now. So, so thank you so much for um, taking the time. I know, or no, I don't know, because I don't have twins uh, at home, but I'm sure that being mom to twins, you 
have a million things to do. So thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. It is always, always, always a pleasure um, to speak with you. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And you know, it's a pleasure knowing you and connecting with you and uh, all the other parents out there with, with or without disabilities. This podcast was supported in part by a grant from the Minnesota Department of Human Services, Children and Family Services Division.